Hello, I'm Dory. <laughs> okay, so phones, phones on silent. Other phones on silent. <laughs> Busy Josh. <sighs> Too bad this isn't vodka. Should we just start? start? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Did you get that? I'm so confused. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back to a new episode, everyone. I'm Feli. Welcome back, everyone, and I'm Josh. <laughs> You're like, is she, she going to do the whole intro? I was going to say, I was waiting for stuff. you to do the whole thing. <laughs> well, I'm a German living in the U.S. As you guys probably know, I'm the German girl in America. And I'm an American who's living in Germany, so I'm the German boy in, or American boy in Germany. Yeah, I, I can't don't even know. say it right. <laughs> Maybe like German guy. I feel like girl well, yeah, is kind of the replacement for guy too, right? It's girl is like boy and guy yeah. equivalent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I feel like I feel like boy is too much of like a little boy, you know? Right. Like, yeah. German guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh well. Um, we're or, back no, I'm not. Episode. We keep saying German guy. I'm not even German. I'm oh, American. <laughs> American guy. American guy in Germany in oh, Munich man. to be precise. And actually, that's today's topic. I think we should just jump yeah. right in there because a few months ago we did an episode that was called Josh in Germany because you moved to Munich, Germany from Cincinnati, which is where you're originally from. Exactly. Uh, you moved there at the end of December, early January. Well, you mm -hmm. flew in yeah, end of end December. Yeah, December. Yep. Um, and yeah, we did an episode, I think that was two weeks after you arrived in Munich. Oh man, I don't even remember exactly when that was. It must have it been shortly pretty, after. Pretty early on. I wasn't in, in Germany for that much longer and we recorded it in person. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like shortly after you arrived in, um, in Munich and we talked about the struggles of finding an apartment, yeah. um, of just, you know, moving abroad, all the bureaucracy mm -hmm. that came with it. And if you guys haven't uh, seen or listened to that episode, we're going to link it down below or on the YouTube version. You can also click somewhere up here um, to check that episode out. But we promised you guys that we would do a follow up episode after a few months, which it's definitely been a few months. It's actually yeah. been longer than I think we uh, intended. It's mm -hmm. May now. So you've been there for almost over that's four crazy. months now which yeah that's crazy that's really um, crazy to think about because <laughs> time is flying i almost feel like i've been in a time warp because pretty much the entire time i've been here it's been on lockdown yep so it's definitely wow it doesn't feel like it's been practically five months i know right it doesn't feel like that to me either like i feel like i was just home in germany yeah and it was well just i think Christmas. It, i feel like it probably is also kind of we have maybe a mixed, not, not mixed, but a false sense of time since you were here in Germany some, and then I was back in the U.S. for a week during Easter. Um, so we've seen each other, and then we also talk every week because of yeah. planning for the podcast and also recording. So um, you're kind of my, besides my family, you're like my touch point back to Cincinnati. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm not even a local. Well, I guess I kind of, <laughs> yeah, I'm, now I'm you a are. little bit of a local after four I think years. <laughs> I was going to say after four years, I think you qualify as a Cincinnatian. That's cool. Nobody has ever said that to me, but I like it. I like that label. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically we wanted to just give you guys a little update as to what happened in the past few months for Josh. And yeah. also we asked you guys to ask questions to future Josh, which means it's present Josh now. So um, <laughs> those questions that we found in the YouTube comments, we're also going to go through those and 
Josh, you're going to try and answer them. <laughs> so I also haven't had like a ton of preparation for these. So I've, I've seen some of the questions, but you guys have to bear with me some as I come up with some decent answers. But I'm yeah. just going to kind of tell you guys how I'm doing and how things have been going over here. So yeah, I, I mean, that would have uh, been my first question. I'm basically like the interviewer in this episode, yeah. I guess, because I don't have a lot to share. But yeah, how has it been, Josh? <laughs> Man, I feel like it's been a roller coaster. Like, just as I was saying... I have, it doesn't feel like I've been here for so long, but a lot has happened in the time that I've been here too, because I've moved. Um, I mean, now I'm only working from home technically, since Mm -hmm. we just got an email last week at work saying with the current coronavirus situation in Germany, they're really wanting everyone to work from home if at all possible. So that's been a change. Yeah. Like before that, you went into the office at least like once a week, right? Or even more than that. Yeah. So the way that we were doing it before was one week in the office, one week working from home. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got that. Um, But now it's really pretty much like 90% working from home. And then every Mm -hmm. once in a while, if I have to go into the office for something, I'm allowed to. But we got like self-tests that we have to do before we go into the office now, which is good. Um, But yeah, it's that's definitely been, been a change. And also, I mean... I have new roommates now, so that's been an adjustment. It's just yeah, a completely we, different we atmosphere. Yeah, we talked about that last and, time. Um, because like last time, you already knew that you had that temporary VG, the uh, shared flat, and then mm-hmm. you didn't know if you would be able to find another place after that. I think we did talk about it in between in our other episodes, but mm-hmm. can you just uh, tell us how you went about uh, yeah. finding another apartment? And Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Genau. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, the way that I went about finding this apartment, which is now my long-term apartment, I'm actually mm-hmm. one of the Hauptmieter in this apartment. There are two of us who are like the main ones on the lease, essentially, um, but was through Wege Gesucht again, which mm-hmm. I think we talked about in the first episode. That's how I yes. found my first uh, shared flat here in Munich. And I think that's probably the way that most people find shared flats um, in Germany. So that's that was a huge resource for me. So while I was still living in my old place, I started looking for open rooms, essentially, in, in other shared flats, and I had a couple interviews. Uh, most of them were just over over Skype because of coronavirus and everything. Um, but this one, after seeing the pictures, they I actually was able to send them a link to our first video that we did together on your YouTube channel, okay? Um, so they could get an idea of who I am, and then they saw the video and said, "Ah, oh, sounds interesting." So they invited me to come over. So that's ma- the one where you also spoke a lot of German. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, probably yeah. like. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a good thing to send in as like an application mm-hmm. item. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And they it was it was cool because they had seen it and we got to talk about it a little. Um, but yeah, I got super lucky with with this flat as well. It's is really big for Munich standards. I mean, we have a a living room which, in the first place, isn't common in mm-hmm. in flat shares. And then additionally, the living room is huge. It's 30 square meters, which I don't know what that is in square feet, but it's pretty, pretty big. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're watching the YouTube video, we'll have to put the, yeah, we'll put the conversion for you guys. But um, I have I have this great room, which you guys can see in the background on YouTube as well. Um, I actually just got finally got doors for my cabinet um, or for my wardrobe. <laughs> so that's that's that was like one of those steps where I feel like, okay, now I've arrived. I finally like <laughs> went to Ikea, I went and got something and now like my room is starting to come together. Um, I definitely need some wall hanging still though, because it feels very white and very empty in my room. So yeah. Do you still need a um, lamp? What's it called? Um, lampenschirm. What's lampenschirm? Oh, lampshade? L- lampshade. Yeah. I see a lot of For cables what? hanging down. Oh yeah. There. Well, uh, I, like your ceiling the thi- light. 
That's exactly. a lot my, of cables. <laughs> I think my ceiling, la- what I, I don't need a lampshade. What I need is more uh, light bulbs. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's supposed to, I think it was from my, my previous, the, the Fuamita, so the person who was living in the room before me. But if you're watching the YouTube video or if you're just listening, I have a... Um, like a chandelier type thing, which is just a whole bunch of cables hanging down. Um, and I only have one light bulb. So okay. I, I need to get some more light bulbs for it. But yeah, one thing after the other. But generally, yeah, I was able to find the flat. I had my interview. Um, it went well. I only had one interview with them. I think they interviewed two other applicants. How um, many other interviews did, did you have with other for other apartments? That's a good question. I think two. Okay, so I, so- I, I mean... You found something really quickly then. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I knew like this was the area I wanted to be in. I was looking at another apartment that was over in Bogenhausen, which is another part of Munich, which is a lot quieter than the part of town that I'm in now. And I went and visited them and actually saw the apartment in person. Yeah. Um, and after going, they decided to go with someone else. So I didn't get that room. But in, in hindsight, that's a good thing because I don't mm-hmm. think I would have been happy in that part of town. I need the hustle and bustle of the city. Yeah, which, you're super um, close to Odeonsplatz and Hofgarten mm-hmm. and the English Garden. So like super close to downtown, basically to the city center yeah. and like the park. So you have a lot of space to just walk through and meet up with people outside, which mm-hmm. is still a major thing in Germany right now because Very much so. there's still so many restrictions. Yeah. So, I mean, I go to the English Garden. I mean, when it's not raining, I pretty much go on a run every night. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a really nice part of town. And I'm really happy that I, I was able to get this apartment and I get along with my roommates well. And um, like I said, it's, it's definitely a different experience because where I was living before, there were two of us who were working and two of them were students. So there was... Mm-hmm. It was a little more lively, we'll say. Um, but then in this pl- in this current flat, we all work um, and we're all yeah. working from home. So it's like office and then in the evenings we hang out together. So it's a okay. lot of being around each other. But yeah. the good news is we get along. And you have a lot of space and you even have yes. two bathrooms, you said, right? Yeah, that, like I mean, super amazing. luxurious. We have, a, <laughs> yeah. we have a really small kitchen, but we have two bathrooms. So two of us share one bathroom and two share the other. So yeah, that's it's awesome. A, I it's mean, a pretty like, good as setup. A, as a Munich native, I would say that's definitely like the jackpot, like the location, yeah. but also the size. And of course, it's like somewhat pricey, but Munich is just in general very expensive to live in. Yeah. And for that, like it's not even that it's not even overpriced. It's like no. a regular price, I would say, for the size. I would agree. And I think I mean I don't it would be interesting to know what your perspective is on this, but I mean as far as like American rents are concerned, I don't feel like I'm paying too much more than I would pay for a nice apartment in Cincinnati. Yeah. No, that's right. So. I mean, there is like some expensive neighborhoods in Cincinnati. And usually like apartment complexes in the US come with like more like you get more like usually you have like in some apartment complexes you have like a gym included or like Mm -hmm. a pool even like your old apartment complex had an outdoor pool even though it wasn't a super fancy place um or you know like common areas even which that's not very common in germany Mm -hmm. but yeah as i said munich is one of the most expensive cities to live in in (laughs) germany and you have like one of the major locations that you're in so yeah yeah, i don't really need a common area when i have the english gardens right next to me exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) no that's cool so what else um is there to talk about what about all the bureaucracy stuff with like your um (sighs) aufenthaltstitel yeah 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 I mean, as we've talked about in the past, German bureaucracy is a bitch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just, it's this big operation and it moves really, really slowly, um, which I think has been a surprise for me. I knew that the whole process was going to be very long and drawn mm-hmm. out. 
Um, but I've been very surprised at how long it has been. I still don't actually have my card. Um, the blue card? Residence. Yeah, my blue card. Okay. Um, it's in process. So I've, I've like my Aufenthaltstitel, my residency, I, I don't know if residency permit is really the true translation, but my Aufenthaltstitel um, has been approved, but I don't actually have the card yet. Okay. Um, and I had, so I'm trying to think last time we talked about this, I think I had applied online, like sent in all of my documentation. And then I got the email back saying that the processing time is, I think up to 12 weeks, please don't mm-hmm. ask any questions. Yep. <laughs> um, so then the 12 weeks went by and I hadn't heard anything. And then 14 went, 14 weeks went by and I hadn't heard anything. And then just all of a sudden I got an email saying, please send us these two documents that we still need. And I sent them in and then they gave me a, an appointment, which was for the week when I was in the U.S. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't really that big of a deal because I saw right away and then I emailed the okay. the lady right back and said, hey, unfortunately, that won't work for me. Um, is there a date sooner or later that I can that I can get set up? And we got got it set up right away. I will say, like, as far as the German bureaucracy is concerned, it's slow, but it's it's very it's very clear. Like, I mean, there's a process and the process is followed. So like there aren't, there isn't much gray area, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's just, you have to have a lot of patience. Yeah. Which also means that the people like working there don't have a lot of wiggle room to mm-hmm. accommodate any special requests or anything. They just follow the protocol pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I would say that like, as far as my Aufenthaltstitel is concerned, that process has gone relatively smoothly. Mm-hmm. I've been very surprised by my driver's license. That is that was the experience that I went through the roof. I was so mad. You can ask any you of my were. coworkers and any of my any of my friends here in Munich. I was pissed. Yeah. Because my understanding was that as an American from Ohio, you can go with your Ohio driver's license and pretty much just exchange it one for one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did my research on the website to make sure I had all of the proper documentation. So I filled. I had met all of the requirements, or so I thought. Um, but I mean, I even had my my registration papers. So when you move to Germany or a German city, mm-hmm. you have to register with the city. And then if you leave Germany, you have to deregister or unregister with the city. Mm-hmm. So I had that from my time in Erfurt, which was my first time in Germany. So I had all my documents. I thought I was very well prepared. Yeah. But on the website, I guess I misunderstood because I went to have my meeting at the Fahrerlaubnisbehörde. Um, so it's like the DMV? Yeah, essentially the of. DMV of Germany. Um and the the woman who was, I use the term helping me um, mm-hmm. very loosely, the woman who was in charge <laughs> of the <unquote>. process. <laughs> yeah. The woman who was in charge of processing my request was very rude, um, which I think in general, I'm, I'm, I'm used to German directness, but I'm not used to like the rudeness, which I, I think. From, you. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, like, I knew I was going to run into it at some point, Um but even even knowing like it was going to come, it, I wasn't like mentally prepared. Like, I or think I should, you're, probably you're never prepared. prepared for it. Like even to me, like it still happens, right? And I complained. I think it might have even been that episode um, that we talked about your mm-hmm. move to Germany, where I complained about the customer service. Yeah. And like I grew up in Germany, and I'm still not prepared for that. And I've had many many encounters with people working in like you don't say public office, but like Beamte. Um, so like yeah, like government government agencies yeah which like 
they usually can't be fired. And they're, I mean, the cliche is kind of like the stereotypes that they're lazy and not necessarily mm-hmm. always doing their job very well, which of course there's always exceptions. But that's definitely been one of the places where I've had a lot of those encounters where people literally just give you the vibe, kind of like the person at the airport helping you with the luggage when you lost your bag, oh, yeah. giving you the vibe like, what do you want from me? Like, exactly. I'm, I'm not supposed to help you, even though it's their job to help you. And they kind of give you this feeling of, you know, asking too much and bothering yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. So I thought I was really well prepared. Yeah. And I guess, like I said, I m- misread the website. I had my einfache An- und Abmeldebestätigung for my time in Erfurt, uh, but I needed the erweiterte extended the extended version yeah which like you asked me about that even like we talked and i was like i've never heard of that in my life i wouldn't be able to tell you what that is exactly so i showed up and the lady was very rude because i didn't have the documentation that i needed Mm -hmm. and she said well you're gonna have to leave your driver's license here um while you get all the documentation that you need so we can still process it because i guess the police have to check to make sure that my driver's license isn't fake Okay. And I and then I asked the question, so that means I'll still be able to like, will, will I get some sort of document from you saying that I have a driver's license, but my application is in process so I can still drive? And she said no. So she told me that I wasn't going to be able to drive for four to six weeks um, and I need to drive to work. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was very thrown off or very upset and, and um, the listeners can probably tell I'm still not quite over it yet. Um, but yeah, so she was very rude and I asked her like, okay, well I need to be able to get to work. Like how am I, what am I supposed to do? And she said, that's not my problem. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, the thing is they, she was very rude. And then her colleague who was also in the room was very rude to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was asking questions to make sure I didn't break any, any rules or any laws. Um, and they were upset that I was asking questions. Um, so then I, they told me I had to go pay. So I went down, like you have to go to a different room to pay. Um, and I stood outside of the door for like a quick second right after I left. And I heard them talking with each other and they're like, oh my gosh, why is he so desperate? Like he's, he's getting all worked up about this. I was like, yeah, it's I a was, big deal. I, yeah. It's a very, very big deal. Um, but then what happened was I came back after paying and I asked, asked another question, um, and then after asking the question, they were like, oh, wait, we were wrong. You can, you do get a document saying that you can drive. So they got me all worked up. And like you were saying, the stereotype is they're not always the best at their job. They were wrong in the end. Yeah. And, I, I am and they were pissed about it before. Like they were exactly. wrong and still mad at you. And then in the end, actually, <laughs> my, my parents, my parents have a saying that they always say when you're really strong in your convictions, but in the end in the end you you weren't correct they would say they were strong and wrong (laughs) (laughs) but so did you leave your driver's license there then yeah so my driver's license is currently yeah so my driver's license is currently still in the office and i just have a paper that i have to have with me when i'm driving um while i collect all of my documentation which i now have all of my documentation besides my besides my driving record from ohio it's so complicated you requested that right i did request it so uh, basically, so I think we need to explain this because in the episode with Heen also, which was the yeah. t- two episodes ago, um, he also has an Ohio driver's license mm-hmm. and he also moved to Munich or to Bavaria to Freising and he was able to just transfer that to a German driver's license, no problem, no issues yep. at all. So why was it different for you? The difference between my story and Heen's story is that I've lived in Germany before. So Heen's... For some reason that makes a difference. I don't understand why, but... I don't understand either. Um, I mean, 
my the understanding I have is that you have six months of living in Germany that you're allowed to drive with your U.S. driver's license. After that six months expires, you have to apply for a German driver's license, or you have to apply within that period. What they needed to confirm is that I wasn't already in Germany for six months okay. prior to applying this time. Okay. So they needed proof that I came to Germany and left Germany um, in less than that six months mm-hmm. six month time period. Mm-hmm. So they needed that's why they needed the Anenabmeldebestätigung, so the registration and the unregistration with the city um, to be able to prove that. At least that's my understanding. It's very mm-hmm. complicated. So. Um, my advice would be is if you're going to be in Germany for more than a couple months, get your driver's license the first time because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it'll make things easier. Um, and the thing is, it wouldn't have been a problem if I had been in Munich prior, if my prior stint in Germany had been in Munich. But because it was in another city, they don't communicate um, between the cities, so they didn't have ridiculous. access to the records. It's so I had to ridiculous. get the records. Yeah, so I had like, to get records from they... the other city. Germany's supposed to like just communicate about the registrations like that doesn't even seem to make any sense that one city like they should know that okay this person deregistered with the other city and now they're registered with this city they should know where people are moving if they have the system in place in the first place because like what's it for otherwise (laughs) but okay oh well (laughs) but to make a long story short i think i have all of my documentation now so i just have to get another appointment at the dmv and hopefully be able to get my driver's license okay good fingers I but crossed I, but, I, but i don't know if i'm going to get my american one back i asked oh. the lady if i'll get it back and she said i don't know hopefully yeah yeah i mean what so if you don't get it back would you you'd be able to drive in the us with your german one then yeah. i guess yep but that okay, that's weird. Um, so I think I'll be able to get it back. Moving to Ohio, um, you, there's the same agreement, like, or I think actually with the German driver's license, it's the case in most states, or at least a lot of the states mm-hmm. in the U.S. That you also just go to the DMV, which in Ohio is called BMV for some reason, the bureau yeah. or bureau. How do you say bureau? Bureau. bureau the bureau of. Motor what is vehicles. it? Motor vehicles. And like in the rest of the US, it's the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> anyway, um, you just go there and you bring in your German driver's license. And I think I had to bring probably my passport and I think my green card at the time or whatever visa you're on. Um, and I didn't even need an appointment. I just went there. It was like with like the waiting numbers, waited mm-hmm. for a little bit, gave them all my stuff, paid my fee. And um, got like a temporary Ohio driver's license right away on like a paper. And then they sent mm-hmm. me the real one two weeks after. So yeah. it was a lot less complicated. Um, it, but I think it's funny too. Be- oh, go ahead. So I was just going to say like about the not getting your other driver's license back. I've heard that from people. And I've, I think I've read that online that you're not supposed to be able to keep your German driver's license. But they gave me my German driver's license, uh, okay. which I was very glad about. because now, So yeah. now I have a German and an Ohio one, yeah. which I feel like it should be like that. because Makes sense to me. Yeah, because like I don't want to go back home where I'm a citizen in Germany and mm-hmm. only be able to drive for six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that'd yeah, be yeah. ridiculous. I don't know. It's it's also complicated. It's hard to keep keep it all straight. But like I said, I've had less issues with my Aufenthaltstitel than I've had with my driver's license. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> I, I, who who knows who knows. It's hard to keep it all straight. But what I was going to say was, it's funny because people in the U.S. will complain that people at the BMV are very rude, like the people who mm-hmm. work there. No, <laughs> they're, they're, they're so nice compared to the German, <laughs> German. Burden. It's a whole different level. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't even compare it. 
Oh, that's crazy. Oh, well, is there anything else you want to share before we get into the questions that the viewers and listeners asked us? I'm trying to think. I, I've got, I was able to purchase a car. I don't know if at that point oh. I had talked about getting my car. I don't think I had my car I yet. I don't think. No, no, you didn't. That was a pain in the butt. Um, Why? Be, oh, gosh. You guys are getting all the good Josh <laughs> stories that I've been complaining to my friends about. Um, be, the German car salesman... Do, Salesmen apparently don't want to sell cars. No, like, German people in general are not good salespeople. I mean, <laughs> in it, my it's, opinion, I mean, I work in sales. I know a couple, some good German salespeople. A but, couple, but like in like just regular, even just at regular stores, not as much. It's definitely different. I don't mm. want this to be a German bashing episode, but I definitely <laughs> have um, had some interesting experiences. Mm -hmm. So I went and I, I, I drove like a good forty-five minutes to go check out this car that I was interested in. Um, and I got there like a half hour before they were, they were closing. Was it, so, I, so it was a dealership? It, yeah, it was like a small dealership, but it was still a dealership. <laughs> Landau on the Isar, I think, or is it on the, no, I, I don't know if it's on the Isar. No, I is think it, so. Yeah, is it on the Isar? I don't want to I drove all the wrong. way out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did a test drive and then I came back from the test drive and wanted to negotiate because I liked the car. And the guy said, well, um, we're about to close, so we'll give you a call back. Um, And then they never called me back. So I didn't buy that car because <laughs> mm -hmm. I wasn't going to call them back because then I'd lose my negotiating position because mm -hmm. then I'd be showing too much interest. Um, so then I talked to my coworkers and one of them um, had a connection at a dealership near Munich. Um, so <laughs> I I went and I, or I didn't go, I just called his his connection and tried to set something up for me to come check out a car I was interested in. The car wasn't on their lot. He had to get it from another lot. Um He said he'd call me back. He didn't call me back. Um, so I called him and I said, hello, I'm still interested in that car. Um, when can we set up a test drive? He said, oh, um, I'll get it to you soon. I'll call you back. So then he finally called me back. Uh, eventually, <laughs> it was a lot of back and forth. But um, he said, I finally have the car on our lot. You can come by after work and take it on a test drive. I went there. I saw the car. I'm not super. I'm, it's a BMW I'm not like soup. I'm not a huge car guy, so I wasn't like looking at all of the details. Shame on me. Um, but I went on a test drive, came back. I liked the car. Um, we started to negotiate, and the guy had to check with his boss because I demanded too low of a price, and he was giving mm -hmm. his boss the details and just says, "Oh shit!" He grabbed the wrong car from mm -hmm. the other dealership, so it wasn't even the car I was actually interested in. Um, which, like I said, my bad for not. For not realizing that they were very similar but still okay. different different uh, models or yeah different models like for example the one that i was interested in and the one that i ended up buying has a sunroof whereas the car that i was taking on the test drive didn't have a sunroof um so it was a big Deutschlander, a big chaos a whole bunch of chaos <laughs> and eventually they got the right car there and eventually we settled on a price and now i have a car <laughs> And now you're a BMW driver, which I like am to a Germans, BMW that driver. means something. To Americans, that doesn't mean something. Being a BMW driver um, is connected. Like, that's like a, a phrase that we use that's connected mm -hmm. to a lot of stereotypes, like mainly yeah. bad ones. But also, I mean, it can be, I guess it can be good in a way, too. Like, BMWs are definitely, um, you know, cars that a lot of people want to drive. Mm -hmm. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like they have a good reputation? No, they're like, yeah. val they're valued cars. It's a valued mm -hmm. car brand, obviously. But um, especially in Munich where BMW is located, you'll yeah. see a lot of BMWs. Not just because 
it's a fairly rich city, but also just because a lot of people work for BMW or their parents work for BMW yeah. and then they get the cars cheaper, or they get like a yearly lease or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see a lot of young guys, especially in BMWs. A lot of people <laughs> have a BMW as their first car, not necessarily always a new car, but like a used mm-hmm. one, but still like... Um, and BMW drivers are known for not using their blinkers and <laughs> going way too fast and being kind of like asshole drivers in mm-hmm. a way. <laughs> so I hope you didn't adjust to that stereotype, Josh. <laughs> I think I, I definitely use my blinkers because that was my, one of my complaints with um, with American drivers is that they don't use their blinkers. But yeah. I probably should pay attention more to the speed limit. But no, like BMW drivers will be those kind of people who like on a regular inner city street will just pass you with like this Uh, aggression and then they'll be right in front of you at the at the stoplight like yeah what was that for dude that was for yeah. nothing you just wanted to be cool and pass me really fast exactly <laughs> no the thing is too though like i i went through all of this to get a car because i was like oh, man i'm gonna have to drive to work otherwise yeah. i wouldn't have needed one if i didn't work outside of the city and now i'm working from home basically yeah. every day which is good it means i'm putting fewer miles or kilometers on my car but so is it just um, sitting at the yeah. parking spot or do you have a parking spot for it or? yeah i have a um anwohnerparkplatz so okay, essentially so like, you have to register yeah it's like there's a regi- there's a district that i'm allowed to park in so okay. i got lucky last night i forgot to put my little um the little yeah you get like a little like a shine um you get like a little placard that you have to put mm-hmm. in your car like on the dashboard whenever you park um, otherwise you'll get a ticket and I forgot to do that last night and luckily I didn't get a ticket and I remembered it in the morning and then I went down and put it out there. Good. So, but yeah, so I have a, I have a residence parking permit, resident yeah. parking permit, I think would be the right way to say yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. But cool. So you have a car too. I feel like we've covered a lot of the stuff. I got Maybe. a bike too. Oh yeah. That's new actually. I don't think I knew that. I think you told me that you were yeah, trying I told to. You- no, I think, oh, no, you, yeah. I, no, you told me about the bike, yeah, actually. I told you Sorry. I had a bike. Um, yeah. That was the smoothest purchase yet. It was really simple. I found a bike I liked and I bought it. <laughs> was it just like Facebook Marketplace or eBay Kleinanzeigen? Or? It, went, it was via one of my old roommates who knew okay. about this guy who kind of, he not, renovate isn't refurbishes um, mm-hmm. old like vintage bikes. Okay. So, so it was also like of, a, a bike dealer and not just a private person. It was a private person. It's kind oh, of okay. his side side game, okay. but um, That's he cool. put me but in connection like, with him. Having a bike in Munich is actually worth more than having a car unless oh, you definitely. like like you, your job is kind of like outside of Munich. So you do need a car for that yeah. um, unless you want to spend all your basically lifetime in, on the suburban train. But um, yeah. yeah, like having a bike in Munich is just worth so much because you can technically walk everywhere, but sometimes mm-hmm. the distances get kind of long, right? So then you have your bike, you're super flexible, you yeah. can go everywhere with it. There's bike lanes everywhere, there's bike racks everywhere, there's mm-hmm. bike bikes parked like on the sidewalk, tied to the lantern poles everywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's the main means of transportation. Definitely. In a way. <laughs> and I mean Munich is a great city to bike in. It's so flat compared to Cincinnati. Oh, I yeah. tried to I tried to ride my bike a decent amount in Cincinnati, but it's it's first of all, the drivers are crazy. There's a good chance that you'll get hit. Yeah, and German um, and drivers are actually not only used to cyclists, but they're trained and yeah. drivers at they're trained to like watch out for the cyclists. Yeah. Which was an adjustment for me. Like whenever I turn right, I always, oh yeah. yeah. Whenever I turn right, I always have to make sure there isn't a bike that's going to come by me. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you learn in driver's ed. Like turning right, wherever you are, always look back with your head first, not just mm-hmm. mirrors, but head and see, like wait for the cyclists or the pedestrians too. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different way of driving. Yeah. 
But yeah, That's those are cool. the big those are the big updates so far. Cool. Maybe we should but jump so, into some of the questions that people have for me, or did you have something else? Just I just wanted to like make sure that because I know this, but um, I feel like all the different things that we talked about just now sounded a little bit more negative. Like yeah. just overall, they were like kind of like negative experiences mm-hmm. or like complicated experiences. But I do know that you're very happy yes. in Munich, right? Yes. So. Besides, <laughs> yeah. Besides having to deal with all of like all of the frustrating things. Yeah, I'm doing really well. I Like I said, I got super lucky with both of my VGs, both of my flat shares that I get along with my roommates and I've gotten to meet their friends and they've started to become my friends. So despite the pandemic and everything going on, um, I'm still meeting people and I'm still That's getting great. to build a social network here and I'm, I'm doing really well and I'm still very happy with my move. So despite having to deal with all of the difficulties, I definitely feel like I've arrived here and, and I'm doing very well. That's awesome. And like, it feels different this time than it did before, right? Oh, definitely. When definitely. Whenever you were in Munich, just temporarily. Oh yeah. Yeah. It definitely reminds me more of my time in Erfurt. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to the last few times I was here in Munich. Cause I so live with So you were in people. Erfurt once and then in Munich twice, correct? Exactly. Yep. And each time it was like three months or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's just not enough time. Or even just if you know that in the back of your head, you're, you're just not going to be open enough to actually make friends like you are right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, for me, it's it's easier to make friends because I know that they're, they're going to be longer term friendships. Mm-hmm. But also in general, Germans are more reserved in their friendships. Um, so if they know that you're only going to be there for three months, they'll still do stuff with you and they'll still be friendly to you. But I think that the level of friendship that people are willing to offer is, is going to be deeper if they know that you're going to be here a little longer term. Yeah, I agree. That's weird too, because like I go different about having friendships, whether I'm in the U S or in Germany, Mm -hmm. like in Germany, when I'm there, I feel like I would probably have the same feeling like if I met someone and they're just there temporarily I probably wouldn't even really bother to open up to them you know and in the Mm -hmm. U.S. I'm different it's kind of like what we talked about I think we also talked about it in that episode but also in different episodes how we kind of have slightly different personalities in the two countries the two cultures the two languages Mm -hmm. and that's actually part of it it's funny that you said that I never really thought about that but yeah German friendships are just in general targeted towards being more long-term like a lifelong Mm -hmm. friendship and that's probably why they're like well you're only going to be here for three months so it's funny that I say that too because most of my friends at this point or like my closest friends aren't German okay (laughs) yeah which is also kind of common because you have like stuff in common with them because they're not from there and they might not have their lifelong friends there mm-hmm. from kindergarten like other Germans do. So yeah. that happens a lot. I mean, I have a lot of international friends in Cincinnati too for that yeah. reason. But at the same time, the Germans that I do meet like or have met, I've, I'm becoming closer friends with. Like I'm I'm really getting to know them better and like they've been very open. So it's not just cool. because the people that I'm closest with so far are foreigners um, that I don't have German friends. Like I've met some really great Germans that yeah. I really spend enjoy spending time with well cool yeah with that let's go into the questions that people had for you okay so the first question comes from joseph he said some questions for future josh was it hard to get a credit card do you have a german retirement fund or can you continue to contribute to your 401k or u.s retirement fund and then okay more about the vaccine so let's start with the credit card thing. yes do you so even I don't, have a credit card i was gonna say i don't have a german credit card um, I just have my debit card from my bank. 
um, which was a really simple process because I already had a German bank account from my time when I lived in Erfurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it literally was just changing the address on the account. Do you want to say what simple. bank it's with? Yeah. So I, I also have an online bank. I didn't go with uh, like your traditional German banks. Um, so I have an account with N26, mm-hmm. um, which is all online, which is really convenient. Um, and yeah, it's been a really simple process. So I, I have a credit card. I also have it set up on Apple Pay. And there's been a lot more contactless um, payments that are taking Wait, place. Wait, did you just Germany. say credit card or debit card? I'm, I probably said credit card, but I meant debit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's confusing because it's still a MasterCard, which is right. the same with German, German or American. Gosh, we keep, or I keep messing <laughs> up which country I'm talking about. But it's the same with American bank accounts too that you have. Like yeah. In Germany, usually they're just the um, Maestro. The German debit cards, EC-Karte, usually aren't a Visa or a MasterCard, but they're yeah. usually just Maestro, which is like, I think, think it belongs to MasterCard, but it's a different thing. I don't even know. I don't want to say anything wrong. I've also (laughs) been, and maybe this is an opportunity for you to teach me some about Germany. What is the difference between a debit card and an EC-Karte? See, that's the thing what I'm saying. I think the difference is exactly that, but I might be terribly wrong here. (laughs) But I only have a German Um, Mm EC-Karte. And I do know because they're not like Visa or MasterCard, um, they don't always work abroad within Germany. Uh, I don't think you'll really notice any difference whatsoever. I think it's really just a more of a being abroad or like paying internationally kind of thing yeah. because they have started to use the English term debit Karte mm-hmm. now in Germany, which like I feel like 10 years ago, I didn't even, I never heard that in Germany. Yeah. One thing that I do know that has been confusing, and that's why I asked what the difference is, is for example, when I was at the BMV here in Munich, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to pay with my debit card. It was either cash or EC-Karte. Yeah. So it's just a different system. So let us know in the comments. I think that's just what it is. It's a different system. EC-Karte technically is literally just like a bank card. That's a term in Mm -hmm. English, right? Where... That, to I, me, a bank card is a is a is a debit card. So yeah. basically, yeah, guys, let us know in the comments below because I feel like a bank card is a term that might refer to what we call it. Seekarte in a way. It's like it's seekarte is just it's a card that you gives you access to your girokonto to your yeah. bank account and nothing else really. It doesn't have yeah. any other perks or anything. To answer Joseph's question, which hi, hi Joseph, by the way, we know him <laughs> from Patreon. Um, To answer the question, no, I don't have a credit card. So, yes, it was very easy to get one. (laughs) Um, Um, But also, you don't really need a credit card. That's why you don't have one, right? Because it's not necessary in Germany, really. Exactly. It's not really necessary. And that's another difference between my old apartment and here. I'm trying to pay more cash because I need Mm -hmm. 50 cent coins for the washing machine. Uh. (laughs) So so I I wouldn't want to use a credit card as often. Yeah, um, but also you don't need to. We talked about that briefly in the last episode, in the uh, mm-hmm. other episode. You don't really need to build a credit score in Germany, which is like mm-hmm. part of the reason why also a lot of even younger Americans in the U.S. try to get a credit card as early as possible because mm-hmm. that helps them build a credit score. Uh, whereas in Germany, that's not necessarily really. Yeah, I mean, one thing that is kind of disappointing is that I'm obviously missing out on some of the credit card perks that you get in the U.S., um, like the benefits of just using your credit card. But at the end of the day, I don't really need it. Yeah. I think there was another part to Joseph's question, though, regarding yes. retirement savings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a very complicated system, like going between Germany and the U.S. as far as retirement is concerned. So in my situation, 
I no longer have an American contract. I, I essentially quit at the American location and got a German contract. So I wasn't sent from the US to Germany. If I were sent from the US to Germany and still had an American contract, I think I would still be able to contribute to the 401k slash retirement plan from the American version of my company. Um, but since I'm in the German system now, I don't have access to the 401k. I would still be able to pay into an IRA, um, which is an independent retirement account, I believe, um, up to a certain amount that the American government says that you're allowed to pay into it. But I'm also in the German retirement system now. So there's a monthly contribution that's taken from my paycheck and given to the German retirement insurance is essentially what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and if at some point I were to move back to the U.S., um, I think I have to pay into the German system for two years. But after I've been here for two years, I would be able to get that money back. Okay, um, that's good. So, I, that was going to be my next question because mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so I've, I, I would have to do more research into it. But at this point, I'm, I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future. So I haven't looked into it too much. But I definitely know that there is an opportunity to apply for that money back. But that's cool. that means that at, if at some point I decided to come back to Germany after moving back to the U.S., I would be starting from zero again. Right. Yeah. But okay. yeah, so no, I'm not no longer paying into an American um, employment or retirement um, program, but rather just into the German one. And did you have the option to opt out or as a full time employee, you have to pay in? No one asked me. Okay. <laughs> I think okay. I think that was and I think I may have mentioned this in the first um, the first Josh in Germany update was there was never really like a sit down talking through like this is this you're starting at this company. These are the things you need to know. Mm-hmm. That's very common in U.S. businesses. But apparently, like you said, um, in the in that previous episode, it's not, I guess, common here. So not I didn't really common. know. Not as common. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, he also asked, what's the vaccine rollout like over there? Do you think you'll be able to get vaccinated by the summer? We talked about it in our previous episodes Mm -hmm. because you did get your vaccine in the U.S. (laughs) Exactly. So when I was in the U.S., I was able to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine since it was just one shot, which has been kind of interesting over here because now people who are vaccinated have special rights. So like, I don't have to have a negative COVID test to be able to go shopping. Um, Which I, I don't think we ever mentioned that that was a thing in Germany, but yeah, yeah. that was a thing recently that you w- weren't able to like go to get a haircut or go to a regular just clothing store or something mm-hmm. without a negative COVID test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to have that test now, but it, peop- I, I've only gone shopping once and I just bring my CDC card with mm-hmm. my with showing that I have the Johnson Johnson vaccine. And the guy was a little confused because, I mean, there aren't... A, Americans coming over to Germany right now. Right. No. So it was the first time he'd seen it. And also since Johnson and Johnson is only one shot, he was a little confused by that too. But he just said, I've never seen this before, but go ahead. But so like I feel like maybe you'd be able to get that transferred to your yeah. German Impf pass, which do you have a German Impf pass? No, I don't. I you should I, probably I, get one. Yeah. Because I think this is going to be such a big topic in the future and a lot of people are going to be confused by the Mm -hmm. white CDC cards because everyone in Germany has this little booklet that's yellow and you usually get that at birth and then Mm -hmm. you keep it throughout your life or 
sometimes it gets full. Like I actually have my second one now because my first one was full. But um, yeah, all the shots that you get throughout your life mm -hmm. are documented there. And that's usually nowadays what you have to bring as proof that you're vaccinated yeah. against COVID. Exactly. So I'm currently gonna, I, I need to make an appointment with a doctor anyway. So I'll definitely talk about that and see if the doctor has any tips for me on how, how best to handle that situation. I feel like but. they might be able to maybe transfer it over because it's, even though the Impfpass is like, an official document it's also not that official like all they exactly. do really is um sometimes they put the little stickers there but for mm -hmm. some shots they don't even do that they just like sign it they just the doctor just writes on there what vaccine you got and what date yeah. and then signs it period exactly um, yeah so yeah, i don't think I, I live with a doctor and i've talked to a couple other doctors and they said that i shouldn't have any issues with any of that good so I just have okay, to go cool. and do it now. But yeah, <laughs> so, so, but I was going to say, as far as the vaccine rollout is concerned, yeah. there are people who are, li most of my friends are a couple years older than me. So I'm about to turn 25. Um, like people who are 26, 27 here have all already been able to get at least their first shot. Not all of them, mm -hmm. but uh, I know quite a few people who are around my age or around our age who have been at least able to get their first shot. So we should by the summer... Yeah, back yeah. up a little bit because like at first it was super, super slow in Germany, yes. the vaccine rollout. It was not going very well. Um, it was pretty embarrassing, actually. Um, now I think they're finally at about 25% of all adults who've at least had the first shot, mm -hmm. um, which were far, uh, a lot farther in the US with that. But yeah, yeah like it's it's finally picking up a little bit, mm -hmm. which is good. And as you yeah. said, like my parents, they're both uh, over 60. They finally got their first appointment for next week. Like even really? for them. Yeah. That's surprising. They, th that's all. They, they're only, they're over 60, but that's it. They mm -hmm. don't have any health conditions. So they weren't in the first priority group for the wow. longest time. And just like, I think last week or something, they kind of opened that up a little bit more. Yeah. And um, yeah, whenever there's like extra appointments now, people are able to just get those appointments, even if they're not in the priority group. What yeah. I don't even know. It changes daily pretty much. But yeah, finally, finally. Yeah. I also I have to say, I don't have any other friends though my age and I'm 27 um, who have been vaccinated yet. Like, not close friends, at least. Mm -hmm. I know some yeah, it's, it's who are about to get their appointments, but mm -hmm. nope. And I mean, I've, I'm already fully vaccinated with my two shots of the BioNTech-Pfizer yeah. vaccine. So, yeah, mm -hmm. kind of lucky that I live here. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And, like, there are, definitely, there, there are currently restrictions on the amount of people that you can meet with and what they're talking about now. And I think if you're vaccinated, you no longer count as a person in, like, the head count of people who are allowed to meet. Because there were contact restrictions. You were only yeah. allowed to meet with a certain amount of people outside your own household, etc. So now I think it uh, counts for people who've already had COVID in the past mm -hmm. six months. So it's those people, the recovered people and the ones who've been vaccinated that like don't count towards that head count, as you said. Exactly. It's, so it, I have I'm to say it's really complicated, anymore. though. Yeah, you're not a person. <laughs> it's really complicated in Germany, though. Like they change the rules every single week is what it feels like, at least. Yeah. I haven't really been able to catch up with it anymore it's really hard to it's really hard to keep up with it yeah so the next question comes from Lothar and the question is Frage an den zukünftigen Josh was vermisst du am meisten an Amerika so question to the future Josh uh, what do you miss the most about the US oh man <laughs> I, I like I said I'm generally doing really well so like so you don't I, miss anything <laughs> I don't miss a ton I think what I miss most is the general ease of living in the country where you grew up, mm -hmm. um, where you don't really have to think about things 
the um, little things kind, especially. The little things. So you just kind of can live your life and you just know what to do. Um, I think one thing that comes to mind is like recently we had the 1st of May, which was on a, which is a holiday in Germany and it was on a Saturday. So that means that all of the stores were closed. So the grocery store was closed on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so like that's something that I miss is just the availability of being able mm -hmm. to go shop when I want. Um, even like under normal circumstances here in Bavaria, the, the grocery stores close at eight. Um, and that's really early if I want to go on a run after work and then yeah. like just want to use my full evening. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely been something that I miss is the availability of just, um, being able to go shop. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've mentioned that I've really missed besides my family and like s seeing like my friends from Cincinnati. Um, generally there hasn't been a ton that I've missed. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's going to stay like that. That's yeah. awesome. That's what you want when you move abroad, right? You don't want to feel homesick. Um, that's great. And about the whole, like, the what you said about the ease of living in the country that you grew up in, uh, mm -hmm. you guys should check out our, I think it was second or third episode that was called Adulting 2.0, yes. where we talked about exactly that, how, like, suddenly you're in this new country and you feel like you not only have to deal with this other language, but with mm -hmm. these little things like how to get gas, how to behave at the grocery store, how to be behave in, like just regular social situations where suddenly people do it differently in this other country and you feel kind of dumb and lost sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I just think of two things that have been weird for me is like ordering pickup okay. or like ordering carry out over yeah. the phone. I'm yeah. just so used to doing that in English, not in German. Like, I don't feel like I know the words that people would oh, normally yeah, you, say. You don't know the lingo. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I mean, in English, I would just say I'd like to order something for carryout. Mm -hmm. But, like, what's the best way to say that in German? Like, I'm trying to think right now. I, like, what I always say, say is, yeah. ich, um, ich würde gerne bei Ihnen etwas zur Abholung bestellen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, zum Abholen is maybe oh, yeah, what I would say. Oh, yeah, zum Abholen is what or I say. Or Germans, Germans also love uh, using the English term to go. Yeah. So maybe uh -huh. eine Bestellung to go or something like that. Uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, you wouldn't use the word. It's weird, like... I don't know. It's just, it's just like finding the right lingo that most people would use to not sound weird. Or um, maybe it's some mitnehm. Some mitnehm, I think, yeah, is a good way uh -huh. to say that. But like for me, when I say zum mitnehm, it's when I'm already there. Mm -hmm. If I'm yeah, calling not, on the yeah. phone. Yeah, you're calling mitnehm. ahead. See, I don't even know. I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we have a lot of like specific phrases for that because mm -hmm. it's not that common in German. You're at least it, used, it didn't used to be that common pre-COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing, but like. You know, usually you either order for delivery or you go there. Exactly. So it's been like a, like, that's like a weird thing. Like, it's not that I miss, I don't know. It's not like I miss something per se, but just the ease of like knowing what to say. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I can make myself understood. That's not the oh, problem. Yeah, sure. But like, what what's the right way to say it? Yeah. Um, another weird thing that happened was yesterday I, <laughs> I drove through the drive-thru. It was my first time going through a drive-thru or as they call it in Germany, a drive-in yeah. um, at Burger King. Burger it, King. Okay, I was yeah. I was wondering because we don't even have that many drive-ins in Germany. Yeah. Uh huh. It was really weird for me because I'm so used to ordering. I, I mean, I don't go to fast food that often in the U.S., um, but it just was weird to order like a Whopper. But like, what's the right German way to say Whopper? You know, I don't even know Whopper. Whopper. I just said Whopper. <laughs> yeah. And like the weird thing was, I ordered a, a plant-based version. Mm -hmm. So it was called a 
plant-based Whopper, but I was like trying to use a German accent on it. Oh, like, they called it plant-based uh-huh, in yeah. Germany. I didn't even know uh-huh. that. Okay. It's called a yeah, plant-based, plant-based Whopper. Plant- Plant-based Plant, Whopper. Plant, <laughs> plant-based Whopper. Oh my god, that sounds so wrong. That's funny though. Uh-huh. I mean, in the US, you have drive-throughs not only for like your most common fast food places, but for a lot of other Everything. restaurants too, like Starbucks. Just regular, even they might be chain restaurants, but they're not necessarily what we would consider typical fast food in Germany. Mm-hmm. But they still have drive-throughs here in the US, at least in the Midwest, where there's all this space, yeah. which is, I have to admit, very convenient. And I started to do that a lot here too, which I don't think I've ever myself driven through a German drive-in. I just love that they're called drive-ins here in Germany too, because Germans can't pronounce through. Yeah, but also for McDonald's, they're called Drive. Oh, okay. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But for you Germans, when an American hears drive-in, they think of like a drive-in movie theater where you go and you sit in your car while watching a which movie. For which for us is a autokino. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I generally don't miss a ton. But like I said, just the ease of kind of everyday life of knowing what to do. Makes sense. Okay, so Rob actually sent us a pretty long message, or it was a YouTube comment. Um, He's also an American who moved to Germany 20 years ago. He lives in Nuremberg. So he said, welcome to Bavaria, because Nuremberg (laughs) is also in Bavaria. Um, And he said, I would be very curious to learn more about what type of work you're doing. Yeah, so, um, I mean, my background, I I studied industrial management and German studies um, at university, and I now work as a project engineer for an automation company, essentially. Um, So I quote projects for automation solutions. That's kind of, it doesn't, it it sounds more complicated than it really is, but... But yeah, that's what I do. That's that's my daily bread and butter is working on automation solutions. So figuring out what robots work for what applications and then telling people how much that costs. Okay, Patrick asked, my question for the future, Josh, is will you pay taxes on a German scale, American scale, or rate or both? I'm not asking how much money you make, just curious about the way taxation is approached as an expat. Yeah. You could ask how much money I make. I'm just not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so that's a good question. It's it's a little confusing. Um, I'm not a tax expert. So if what I'm telling you ends up not being true, it's obviously important that you inform yourself and, and talk to an actual tax expert, tax expert um, to get proper advice. But um, the way that it works, according to my understanding, and I haven't had to submit a tax um, return either in Germany or in the U.S. um, for the income that I've made in Germany so far because it's all been in 2021. Um, But the U.S. taxes Americans no matter where you are in the world. So technically, I am required to pay American taxes, but there's an agreement between Germany and the U.S. that avoids double taxation. So essentially, I pay my taxes here in Germany, and then I have to prove to the United States government that I've met my tax requirement from the U.S. in Germany. So the amount of money that I would have to pay in taxes to the U.S., if I can prove that I've paid that much to Germany, then I'm fine. But I'm paying German taxes at the German tax rate, which is is higher than, which is more than the U.S., so I won't have that issue. It's just a matter of filling out the forms. So I have a question. So if you lived in a country where the taxes are lower than in the U.S., Mm -hmm. would you have to pay the difference to the American My understanding is yes. Okay. My understanding is yes. Interesting. And if there's not an agreement between the U.S. and the country that you're living in, you have to pay taxes in both countries. Which I feel like that'd be like such a dumb decision to, to like then move to that country. <laughs> yeah. 
if you have the choice. But um, yeah. so you still have to file an American tax uh, tax return. Yep, and then I also okay. have to report all of my bank accounts to the to the IRS as well. Okay, so Robert um, said for Josh, after a few months, is there any American foods or drinks? you miss that are not available in Germany. Mm. Have you made any traditional American Midwest foods for your roommates as close as possible with the available ingredients in Germany? So that's a great question. Um, one thing that I recently wanted to make with my roommates, or it was a drink that I wanted to make, and mm -hmm. it's it's actually, my, from my understanding, Mexican. <laughs> um, but in the U.S., there's a, a soda called... Um, squirt. It's a great, it's a, um, is it grapefruit? Yeah. Grapefruit's a word, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a grapefruit soda, um, that you mix with tequila, but you don't have squirt in Germany. So I mm -hmm. couldn't make the Paloma is the name of the drink. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure I could find a grapefruit soda that I could use here, but it's just not You could probably same. get like grapefruit juice and then add a carbonated water or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's yeah. But like, that's something same, that though. you'd have to like zusammenbasteln. Like you yeah. just kind of have to toss together yeah. or piece together. So it wasn't, that was something that I quote unquote missed. Um, other than that, I really haven't had too many foods that I've missed besides mm -hmm. hot sauce. Like, um, yeah, I brought some hot sauce back from, from Cincinnati when I went and visited. But other than that, I don't Well, we also talked food. about you trying to make pie and you were missing some ingredients, um, or like the Buckeyes. Mm -hmm. There, so, I mean, some of the things, yeah, there, there, there are certain things or certain ingredients that when I've thought about making stuff, there isn't a good replacement or you can't get the ingredients here. Like for example, um, this, and this is what I was going to say to answer the second part of your question. I have made, um, a, a Cincinnati dish for my, for my roommates. I made them Cincinnati style chili. I wanted to bring some, um, some skyline. cans of skyline oh. back. <laughs> But when I went to the grocery store in Cincinnati, they were all sold out. So Which I Skyline bring... is this famous chili restaurant in Cincinnati. Yeah. It's more of like, it's called chili, but it's more of a, bolognese. like a sauce. Yeah, it's more <laughs> of like a bolognese sauce. Um, so my family has a recipe that we make, which is called Cincinnati style chili as well. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't taste like Skyline, but it's still kind of in the same vein. And the recipe calls for ground turkey. And ground turkey doesn't exist in in Germany. Really, or it's very, or it's very, very difficult to I, find. I wouldn't even find. know that. But it's like mostly just ground beef. And is there ground chicken? Is there no, no? I, okay. well, I, there's not ground chicken in the U.S. that I know. Okay, of I didn't see. I don't eat meat. I don't know those <laughs> things. But so, what did you replace it with? So I was going to replace it with um, with ground beef mm -hmm. or like gemischtes hack, yeah. which is like a mixture of ground beef and ground pork. But, and this is something that I've had to get used to as well. Oftentimes, since I live in the city too, and there's not like big grocery stores, it's more smaller ones. Sometimes you'll go and the meat section is sold out of what you mm -hmm. need. Um, so I went and there wasn't any ground meat of any sort. So then I went to the freezer section and I got um, a meat replacement. So we made vegetarian. Oh. We made, it didn't taste anything like it was supposed to. Okay. Because also like, I couldn't find the beef stock that I would also need for the recipe. There were a couple other things that I had to replace. Um, so it didn't taste anything like it was supposed to, but it was still really good and everyone enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you overcook the spaghetti so that it would be... I didn't. Okay. Because <laughs> like... I, tr I tried not to. I think I've bashed Skyline Chili before on this podcast. Yeah. I don't remember, but I think so. But like basically they have different dishes that they put their 
their chili or their bolognese sauce, sauce on. And one of the main dishes is the three-way, which is basically spaghetti with then the, the chili on top and then a mm-hmm. whole bunch of shredded orange cheddar which like to German eyes just looks really really wrong and really yeah. really artificial but also the spaghetti is like really overcooked it's just really really soft it kind of to me tastes a little bit like baby food um, <laughs> so you didn't do it like you didn't do the whole overcooking experience for them no I didn't well the thing was I mean one of my roommates is half Italian so I had her check the pasta to make sure it was fine for her it was taste al dente. well she she was like I don't, I, she likes it a little more than al dente. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, so I had her check the spaghetti. And then also we were out, the grocery store was also out of cheddar cheese. Oh. So, <laughs> so we used, we used Gouda. Okay. <laughs> or, so it was like really different than actual. It was, it was very different. So I'm going to make it again sometime when I can get more of the correct ingredients. Do but. you feel like it tasted more like literally a bolognese sauce in the end? The thing is, I don't really eat bolognese. Oh, okay. So really? I, I couldn't Go really Go to tell. an Italian Not- restaurant in Germany, like, I mean, once they're open and just, you can, that's like the main dish you get everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was delicious. Every, everyone said that the food that I made was very good. That's good. Um, it just didn't taste like, a, like <laughs> my mom's recipe. Maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I don't not nothing against your mom's recipe, but if yeah, it's yeah. like anything like Skyline. It's not really. I good, yeah. feel like most Germans and most Europeans who've tried Skyline chili or Cincinnati style chili in the U.S. did not like it. Yeah. There is some who do like it, which I don't really understand. But <laughs> oh well. Um, but that's one thing that I've I, I I will say as well as far as me using the vegetarian replacement. I've been eating a lot less meat while I'm mm-hmm. over here because there are really good replacements. Yeah, um, right. I've been saying that a lot, and they're so cheap too. And like, there's yeah. a big variety, much bigger than at most American stores, which I find mm-hmm. very surprising because like usually you have all these options at American stores, and I don't really understand why it's so much more progressed in Germany. Yeah. But yeah, it just was an interesting observation that I've had is I've been eating less meat, yeah. just naturally. That's good. That's healthy, I think, yeah. in my opinion. Well, cool. I have to say, though, like I try to make um, traditional Bavarian food in the U.S. before I've made it like maybe three, four times. And yeah, you just have to improvise and it's never going to taste exactly what it's supposed mm-hmm. to taste like. The good thing here is like I can get some of the very traditional stuff at the international stores. Yeah. So like I can at least get like... You know, I can't get knudelbrot, which is like this this hard bread that you can buy in, mm-hmm. in bags in Bavarian stores to make bread dumplings. But yeah. I would just uh, basically dry some toast bread, what we would call uh, myself, and then like make it out of that. And like it'll work somehow in the end. Yeah. It'll never taste exactly the same, though. <laughs> exactly. Like I think I would have the option of going to some American military base yeah. um, and going shopping there. But it's not that important to me no, at this point. And you can normally figure, yeah, you can, fi- you can find decent replacements. Yeah. But so besides like those little things, there's nothing major that you miss from the U.S., like a certain brand of something or a certain soda. That I would say one thing that, one thing that I do miss is like some of the fat, it's like fast casual, not really fast food, but fast casual restaurants in the U.S., like Chipotle. Yeah. I miss Chipotle. Yeah. Um, in Cincinnati, there's a, um, there's a chain called BB Bop, which I like. Yeah. Um, there's also a chain called 
Corito, which I like. And like those were my go-to places that I would and go. They're, they're all very similar to Chipotle. So they're kind of like Mexican slash Asian, but you have like a rice base basically and you make like mm-hmm. these bowls or wraps or burritos with it. And you can just go along the counter and just pick whatever veggie toppings or meat toppings you want on it. And it's like fast food in the sense that you get the food very fast, but it's not really unhealthy. So Exactly. So yeah, it's not like McDonald's. Yeah. Um, I definitely miss that. I miss good Mexican. Mm-hmm. I told I really you that. Do. It's. I mean, I I knew it too from my previous times here. But but like did the you other check day, out the uh, Mexican places that um, Sema uh, recommended? I, I've been I've been to the one that we talked about. I think in the episode, which is Condesa, which I think there are two locations, but one of the locations is um, at Münchner Freiheit, um, and that's that's good. It's still not like as good as some of the Mexican that you can get in Cincinnati, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but like nearby, there's a place called Pure Burrito. Um, it's really disappointing. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Like just seeing the cheese that they use on it just makes, it's, it's really bad. It's. Yeah. As I said, I always like to compare it to Italian food in the Midwest because I feel like nobody here knows what real Italian food is really like. But you recently found a good uh, Italian place, right? Well, I only tried one of their dishes and that one tasted really good. That one tasted really like authentic to me and that was um mm-hmm. the one at kenwood i'd never been there for ah, some okay. reason what's it yep. called something with an m maggiano's i think yeah maggiano right? yeah mm-hmm. um but i've been to like expensive italian places before too and i was like very dis- disappointed yeah um, but oh well okay so yeah mexican food i can totally relate to that <laughs> yeah Okay, so the next question comes from our patron, Florian, and he said, uh, he quoted you, I think you said that mm-hmm. in the episode, lay as much groundwork as possible. And then his follow-up question to that is, does your VG feature Looping Louie, which is a game? And I think we might have mentioned it before. Maybe not. I, 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 don't, I don't know no, if I, I, I think No, I think we did when we talked about New Year's Eve traditions. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my apartment or my VG does not have Looping Louie. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> so that's something that I will have to ask for for my birthday. Maybe that would be a, a good true. thing for, for my friends to get me for our for our apartment. Which your birthday is coming up. Do any of your roommates listen to our podcast? Do you know? I don't think so. I think... Okay. I, I, I was going to say, I think ab und zu. Um, <laughs> I think every once in a while, maybe they'll check out an episode, but generally, no. Well, if someone is listening right now. Yes. Hint. Get Josh Looping Louis for his birthday. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, it's a game. I, I think we yeah. mentioned that, but it's like one of these games where like there's a little um, plane flying around. It's like it looks like a little kid's toy, really. And then yeah. you have these buttons that you press whenever it comes to your spot, and then you press it to lift the plane back up. And it's mm-hmm. basically used mainly as a drinking game nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check out the New Year's Eve episode if you wanna if you wanna hear more about that. Yeah, and then Randy asked. Josh, did you have any of your stuff shipped to Germany or just what you could fit on a plane in a couple bags? I'm thinking of moving to Austria in a couple years and would like to take some books. I expect it's quite expensive to ship over there. Yeah, um, shipping things from the U.S. to Germany, at least. Yeah, I think really shipping anything from the U.S. internationally is very expensive. So I didn't do that. I um, think I took like three bags um, and tried to fit as much as possible. Three big suitcases? No, I I had like... A big suitcase. I had my carry-on like roll bag, mm-hmm. and then I also had a big tennis bag, mm-hmm. um, and I stuffed so like that a, full. A backpack. Yeah, like a backpack. Okay. Ten- mm-hmm. Well, it's or- like a big backpack. Okay. Yeah. It's like one of those professional tennis bags that you'll see people like the yeah. professional tennis players use. So I stuffed that full of my stuff, 
Um, and I try to fit as much as possible in all of my suitcases. Um, but no, I didn't ship anything over and, um, I don't really know how much it costs. I just know it's very expensive because I, I tried to send a book, one book once from Germany. It was a yearbook from, I tried to send it from Cincinnati to Germany and it was like $75 just for one book. It's crazy too, because shipping the other way around is so much cheaper. Like sometimes I've tried to like ship the same thing and shipping it from Germany to the US would be like, what was it? Maybe like 15, 17 euros. Mm-hmm. You can ship stuff for way cheaper if it's light, but like, yeah. like an actual package. And then the same thing from the US to Germany was like, as you said, like 75 or something. I think yeah. that's their like flat rate um, mm-hmm. price. Yeah, it's it's crazy expensive. I have to say, though, it's definitely different whether you move abroad kind of like we did it where it mm-hmm. feels a little bit more temporary even though you know it's like permanent but you don't take all your stuff with you yeah whereas like if you move as a family and you really try to bring all of your stuff with you then it's a whole different story but for me too i just left most of my stuff that i knew i didn't need in the u.s with my yeah. parents so it's all like at my parents house exactly um i didn't have to sell all my stuff i didn't have to give up my whole existence in germany mm-hmm. pretty much but i know some people like have to do that they have to just yeah. get rid of everything they own or take it with them so So I think for us, it was like possible to just go over with a few bags. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I came here, I had two big suitcases and a little... No, I didn't even have a carry-on. I had two big suitcases and a little just personal item. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. And then obviously every time I went back to Germany and back to the U.S., I would bring like maybe two or three more pieces. And then over time, I just bought more stuff in the U.S. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's been more of a natural process and... Um, like one thing I I'd like to bring my golf clubs over at some point just mm-hmm. cause it, I mean, golf isn't as big of a thing as it is, um, in the U S here in Germany, but I would still like to have the option to go golfing if I wanted yeah. to. So hopefully with my, uh, hopefully I'll reach my a status with Delta here soon that I'll be able to do that for relatively cheap. Yeah. But also to get back to his question, I do yeah. know that our friend Zabina actually, she did um, a one-year exchange in Cincinnati. She's also from Germany, was mm-hmm. in Cincinnati for a year. And I do know that at the end of her stay here, she did ship some stuff over to Germany because I think she only was allowed one suitcase on the plane. And she did that from with some cheaper service. It was in USPS. Mm-hmm. And I think she drove to Chicago for that, if I remember correctly. <laughs> she drove somewhere to then like bring her package there or packages. Yeah. It was much cheaper. So maybe just if you want to ship stuff from the U.S. to Europe, um, inform yourself about alternative options that aren't yeah. USPS. Exactly. Cheaper. I'm sure there, there are cheaper ways to do it. You just have to do research and yeah. figure out what makes sense for you. Okay, well, there were some other like more general questions underneath the video. Um, I just like went through all the comments, you know, and like found some other questions that were there. So one person asked and... Um, the commenter is just called SD, so I don't know what their actual name is. But the comment says, Josh, please let us know in a future episode what you thought about Dinner for One. Um, Austrian here. We also watch it every year, and I think it's such a great tradition. We all still cry with laughter every year. <laughs> Happy New Year. So, um, well, actually, this might have been underneath the New Year's Eve episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, what did you think of it? <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, you, I think you were really underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely underwhelmed. I mean, it was funny. I I don't understand the hype behind it, though. I mean, that's um, the same with. But like, if you grow up with it, you can. Yeah, you're supposed part, to watch it without any expectations. Really, that's yeah. like if you have all these expectations because we used to talk about it on the podcast and just yeah. in life. 
the thing is, if you watch it as a kid, you think it's funny. And then you watch it as a drunk teenager, you think it's hilarious because <laughs> you're drunk. Because you watch it on New Year's Eve and usually yeah. you already have some alcohol in your system. Um, so, yeah. And I think if you get to know it that way, you just you can't stop liking it. You'll just think it's funny every single time you see it because you have all these funny memories connected to it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's more of a part of a tradition than the thing in and of itself. So, I mean, I could appreciate it for what it is. I just didn't think it was particularly <laughs> funny. I mean, it was funny, but like, it's I just think stick. it's... <laughs> exactly. And I think it's funny that it's become such a part of the culture. Like, it's just a cultural icon at this point. My coworkers were just quoting it the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny, but... Nothing, as I would say, it's nothing to write home about. You weren't very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Then Adam actually had a question for me. He said, I always wanted to ask Feli if Americans ever say bye, Felicia, to her. Um, <laughs> how do we explain this to German listeners? The thing is, I don't even really know where bye, Felicia came from. I but think definitely... it initially came from a movie or TV yeah. show. And then that became a YouTube clip or was it vine oh it was like some like internet clip that went uh -huh. viral and um yeah it's like I, i honestly don't i've watched it like once i don't even remember the whole scene but basically someone uses by felicia just as in like get out of here now like yeah. it's just a very strong by i don't even know yeah, how to, it, i i would say it's like a, a funny but at the same time kind of forceful way yeah of like if you're in an argument in How do you explain it? I'm trying to think if there's like a German equivalent that has like the same tone to it, but I can't really think of anything. So like the whole concept of a Karen, like if someone's going to be a Karen, um, someone who's over the top, like always wanting to talk to the manager, you can call someone a Karen who isn't a Karen, whose name isn't Karen. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same thing with Felicia. Like the person doesn't necessarily have to have the name Felicia, but you can say bye Felicia. Like yeah, people will all... say that to anyone. Yeah, exactly. it's not related to the name, but it was like really popular, I think, in 2015. So shortly before mm -hmm. I came to the U.S. in 2016. So people still use that phrase all the time when the, at the time that I came here first. And whenever they found out about my name, they were like, oh, bye, Felicia. Yeah. And people will still sometimes use that with me um, for fun or sometimes it's kind of like lame. And they'll be like, oh, yeah. have you ever heard the phrase bye, Felicia? And I'm like, no, really? No, never heard of it. Huh? What are you talking about? But sometimes it's funny, too. Like I've ordered carryout before and like they know your first name for the carryout order. <laughs> no, and they'll either, yeah, they'll hang up saying like bye, Felicia, or they'll write on the box. Like I've definitely had several people write on my my carryout box like bye, Felicia. Or like one person <laughs> said, hi, Felicia, once with a smiley face. Um, so, yeah, funny. people use that. But it's it's really not in a rude way ever. It's just funny. Yeah. It's not really that annoying, to be honest. Um, like at the beginning, I thought it was funny that people always had like a small talk topic to talk uh -huh. to me about right away. And yeah. then like, good for me, it kind of faded out. Like the trend isn't <laughs> as common anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, Felicia isn't a super common name. So when people hear it, they there definitely is the immediate association yeah. with by Felicia. And like, also, um, it seems like it's not only but also a common name in the black community. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people are surprised when they then see me that I'm not black. Yeah. Which, like, you know, how there's like certain names that are just mm -hmm. more common among black people. And apparently yeah. Felicia is one of those. But I also know white girls uh, here in the U.S. that have that name. So I guess it's both. Yeah. I definitely would say it's both, but I definitely would associate the name Felicia more with like a black name. 
Quote yeah, but also people are oftentimes very surprised when I then say I'm German and they're like, wait, Felicia isn't a German name. And I'll be like, I'll have to explain. Well, yeah, we pronounce it different, yeah. but it's an international name. You can find it in French, Italian, Spanish, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, we would say Felicia in German. Some mm -hmm. people might pronounce it Felicia, which more like an S sound. But yeah. my parents decided that my name is pronounced Felicia. Yeah, yeah it's the same thing with like <laughs> Joshua. It exists yeah. in German, but just pronounced differently. Exactly. Um, someone else commented, um, Piccadilly commented underneath the other video where we complained about um, the customers, or where I, mm. I have to say I complained about the bad customer <laughs> service in Germany. He said, Willkommen in Deutschland, Feli. So welcome back to Germany. Wie sagt man so schön? How do you say, ein Taschendieb in der USA ist höflicher als eine deutsche Kassiererin. So uh, what's Taschendieb again? In pickpocket. Oh yeah. So a pickpocket in the US is more polite than a German cashier. <laughs> I kind won't say accurate. it's 100% true, but <laughs> it definitely is close. There is some truth to it. <laughs> yeah. Another question by the same person, uh, Piccadilly, is I have a question for both of you. You often switch between the U.S. and Germany. Have you not also had the experience when you wake up after sleep that you do not know where you are? Definitely. I, <laughs> at least in my situation, I mean, I think that's one of the weirdest experiences is traveling like over the ocean yeah. like you wake up in one country and then you go to bed in another right um and it's not like germany and france it's like you wake up in germany and then you go to bed in the u.s yeah um so when i wake up normally like the first after that first night i'm i'm confused when i first wake up yeah um but i think that's true like when you go and visit anywhere really and you wake up that first time you're like oh wait where am i i yeah. remember when i first moved to my current apartment um in my old apartment, I would get out of my bed on the one side. And now in on this one, I get off on the other. Yeah. And I accidentally went right into the wall because <laughs> it was in the middle of the night and I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely get a little confused when you go back and forth. Yeah. What about I have you? to say, yeah, I would say it's the same, but only for like a short amount of time, maybe a couple yeah. days or something. But whenever I travel back to Germany and I stay in my childhood bedroom um also yeah the beds are on different sides i have that issue mm -hmm. too but sometimes it kind of feels like the first moment that i wake up it feels like i'm almost like dreaming because mm -hmm. it's almost like oh am i dreaming of my childhood right now or am i actually here yeah because it's such a flashback like obviously you're so familiar with this place especially mm -hmm. since like my parents never moved anywhere else and they yeah. kept my bedroom the same way as it was um which is, is good for me but i'm like there and it's so familiar at on the one hand and yet so weird like it's not the place where i wake up every morning but yet i have all these memories connected with it so usually i wake up and i'm like wait dream no dream am i actually here oh yeah i'm actually here oh yeah i remember yeah. now <laughs> you have to like you you really have to it's like pinch myself am i dreaming yeah. you know yeah no that's true that's funny yeah but i mean well, also we don't travel back and forth that much no i mean you just moved to germany but you're not going to be in the u.s every other week so it's going to be every few yeah. months so it's not really i know. think i mean for most people who who live abroad like i know some americans here who haven't been back to the u.s in three years okay so yeah. i think i think we do have somewhat of our tunnel vision of like this is just normal for us right so um but yeah i mean it's not like I'm one week in the U.S., one week in Germany, one week yeah, in the U.S., Yeah, it's not like people who travel for business and they're constantly somewhere else. Like, yeah. It's really just every few months you're mm -hmm. visiting home in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I, I, I still think the weirdest experience is like waking up in the U.S. and then when you – or waking up in Germany and then when you go to the U.S., like you're normally there in the evening. So you try to do something in the evening. I remember mm -hmm. I went – I came back from Germany once and like 
in the evening I hung out with my friends and we went and got dinner. Like, yeah, that that was a weird experience. Yeah, it's I, I've had that too. Like just thinking about like for me, for example, I would put on my makeup in Germany, then travel all the way to the US. And then it's like so much later and you're suddenly in this other country, new place. And then you take up that makeup that you were like, I took that on. I put that on in a different country, different continent at my parents' yeah. place. And now I'm in this really different spot suddenly like that thought can be kind of weird but it's the same yeah. with traveling just as a tourist too yep exactly yeah. <laughs> okay i think that was all the questions that we wanted to answer today mm -hmm. unless there's anything else you want to say no I, i mean i have maybe one quick little an anecdote i can give you mm -hmm. guys um towards the end too i was walking with some friends in this part of town um and one of the guys that i've met here is actually from ohio as well which is kind mm -hmm. of funny um, he's, he's from Cleveland and I'm from, from Cincinnati. So it's kind of like the Northern Southern thing. He's out, you can tell he's from Cleveland by the way he talks too. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were walking through this area and we were speaking English with each other and some guy like leans out of his window. He's like, where are you guys from in English? He was American uh, too. Yeah. He has like <laughs> this big American flag in his window and like he, he was, I think he's probably in his 60s or 70s. And mm -hmm. I guess at some point he was stationed in Dachau mm -hmm. and he's from Michigan. And we were just standing on the road and he started talking to us. It was such an American experience, so but here in Germany. A Midwestern it, too. Yeah, <laughs> very Midwestern. But yeah, it just was a weird experience. But That's but funny. Yeah. I also feel like uh, just a little comment on that before we, we wrap it up. Um, Americans do that so much more than Germans do it. When Americans find yeah. each other somewhere else in the world, they're always like, yo, you're American too. I'm American too. Let's be best friends. Kind of. I mean, they don't say that literally, but it's kind of like that yeah. vibe. When two Germans meet each other somewhere else in the world, it really depends on the context and the person itself. But it's very normal to also just hear someone else speak German, realize that they're from Germany and just not even approach them or say anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which Americans wouldn't sad do that. a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Americans definitely would, no. uh, in general, reach out and say, hey, where are you guys from? Like, I've had my friends be like, like when I had American friends with me like traveling the U.S. or something, and suddenly there's like a German tourist somewhere, they're like, wait, do they speak German? And I'll be like, yeah, they speak German. G go up to them. Say hi to them. I'm like, no, what am I supposed to say? Hi, I'm from Germany, too. How rare. <laughs> It's also because Germans do travel a lot. Yeah. So wherever you go in the world, you're always going to find German tourists unless it's for COVID reasons, but usually, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely, no, that, that's, that's a cool anecdote though. I mm -hmm. like that. I think that's it for this week. I hope yes. that you guys uh, enjoyed hearing kind of how, how things are going for me here in Germany. Um, I wasn't trying to German bash at the beginning. It's just the reality of having to deal with a different culture. It's, it can be something that's a little frightening or off-putting at first, but yeah. all in all, I'm doing really well and it's fun to be able to share these experiences with you guys. Yay. If you have more questions for Josh, you can leave them down below in the comment section on YouTube or send us an email or DM. The email address is understandingtrainstation at gmail.com and our Instagram is also just understandingtrainstation, one word. Um, yeah, you can also just follow us there. We don't post a whole lot. Actually, now that I'm saying that, I'm going to record a quick Instagram story. Yes. Okay, I just recorded the Instagram story. But besides that, where can they support us, Josh? Yeah, so if you guys also want to support us, you can also subscribe to our Patreon, um, which is a monthly subscription service, essentially, where you give us a certain amount of money each month and you get a little bit of extra content. And we also have like a... 
we need to stop calling it a Q&A because it's not a Q&A. We have a Hangout each month with our Patreons where we just kind of have a Zoom meeting. I think we've used Google Hangouts the last couple times where we just get to talk to you guys. And if you guys have questions, you can ask them. And um, it's kind of a fun little group that we've we've developed there that we get to see once a month. So um, yeah, if you want to join on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash understanding train station. In addition to the Patreon, we also have something called buy me a coffee. So if you guys don't want to do a monthly subscription, but still want to give us a little money to help support us, um, you can buy us a coffee or a beer. I'll probably use it for beer money. Um, (laughs) But it's just a one-time gift that you guys can give us. It is at buymeacoffee.com slash UTS podcast. Thank you guys so much if you do want to support us. Um, Also, you can obviously subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or I think sometimes it's called follow instead of subscribe. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you want to. And I recently read through those reviews and they were super nice. So did you, you guys, read through if, the German ones or mm-hmm, the American I, ones? Is your phone just still registered in the U.S.? I think it is still. I, I don't know which one I read. I mean, the comments okay. were in English. Okay, okay. Um, That's probably the American ones because iPhones, I think it's the same for Androids, but I don't, I don't know. But with an iPhone, you actually have to like register your iPhone in the area that you're in, the country mm-hmm. that you're in. And then you'll get different apps on the App Store and stuff yeah. like that. And... Um, yeah, when your phone is registered in Germany, you can see different reviews on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. which I just realized a couple of weeks ago, but I read through the German reviews uh, in my browser. So yeah, uh, thank okay, you guys yeah. for those too. Yes, they were super <laughs> nice. So thank you guys yeah. for leaving those reviews and yeah. make sure to leave us more. It makes us really, really happy. Uh, maybe we'll be able to go back to a weekly schedule at some point, but for now it's every other week. So you're going to hear us again in two weeks on Thursday. Until then, stay safe, everyone. See you then. Tschüss. Ciao.